Welcome to Classic Firstborn Ministries. My name is Anthony Maynard, pastor at Firstborn Ministries. We are so thankful that you joined us for this episode today. We are continuing in our series entitled Angels. Today's sermon is entitled, He is Better Than Angels, recorded in 1998 by our senior pastor, W.L. Maynard. We pray that this message blesses you today. with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 1. We're so glad to have uh, several folks from Wisconsin this morning. Uh, a dear sister from close to Wisconsin Dells. This is uh, related to... Uh, sister, your name just slipped my mind. Help me. Sister Cindy. Sister Cindy Rogers. All right. Amen. And uh, her sister, who is Jeannie, who is here with us today. And she has come all the way from around Wisconsin to be baptized in Jesus' name this morning. We're so thankful for that, aren't, aren't we? Amen. Hebrews chapter 1, beginning at verse number 1, down through verse number 9. I'll tell you what, to spare some time, uh, let's just uh, let's look at verse number 6, down through verse number 9. And the Bible says, And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels he saith, who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore even thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. This was a uh, testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ and how that Jesus Christ is made higher than any angel that is out there in this world. Jesus Christ is not an angel as some men and women would propose to believe, but Jesus Christ is in fact the Almighty God. He is the Everlasting Father. He is the King of Kings and He is the Lord of Lords. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 5 beginning at verse number 1. And the John the Revelator, he says these words. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written which uh, within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? Notice there was a dilemma that was there. There was a book that was sealed up and that needed to be opened up. The angel of God did not have the power to be able to open that book that was there. So the Bible says in verse 3 that not only did the angel not have power, and no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And the Bible says when John saw this, verse 4, I wept much because... No man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Again, this is a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ and what angels and men could not do. Jesus Christ, when he came to this earth and he died on the cross of Calvary, rose again from the dead that third day, he was able to do. And what men and women cannot do in this world to be able to help you or to help me, I'm so glad that I have a God whose name is Jesus that is able to help me in the lowest of my times. Amen? 
I want to talk to us for a little while this morning on He is better than angels. Say that with me. He is better than angels. Now, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you because your word is yea and amen. Your word has been forever settled on earth and in heaven. And, Father, as we apply your word to our heart, it enables us to be cleansed. It enables us to live above sin and to be found in a place and position of power with you. May we receive the word of the Lord this morning. May it loose men and women from places of bondage where they would find themselves. As the word of God goes forth, may there be anointing and faith that would be accompanied with that, that would cause your will and your purpose to be done in this service today. And for that, we will praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. You may be seated this morning. The Lord bless you. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to be dealing with the subject of angels. There are many ideas about angels uh, that are in this world today. My mother, she happens to have a collection of angels. I am one of them. No, I'm just kidding you. Uh, she has a collection of angels that are there on her shelf at home. She loves to collect angels. She uh, puts them up, and really these angels are are the imagination of men and women that have created what they believe and what they would feel like an angel would look like. Did you know that the Bible gives us some insight as to what angels really look like and as to what they are and as to what they are not? In the Bible, you will never find an angel ever receiving worship. An angel of God, that is. If an angel receives worship, you can know one thing about that angelic being, and that is it is not an angel of God, but rather it is an angel of darkness. It is a fallen angel or a demonic spirit that is there. That is, that is there. The mention of the word angel, it causes all who hear to sit up and to pay attention. We are interested in this topic of discussion, and we are curious about what angels are. Are there really angels, and where are they at? Do they really exist? The ideas and the opinions about angelic beings, they range from good to bad and from serious to absolutely ridiculous. I've heard people say that, say things about angels that I believe the angels somewhere up in heaven they hold their head down and they probably blush and they maybe hide their eyes because things are so ridiculous but if we are going to believe the truth about angels we've got to go back to the word of God one man said his wife was like an angel and they they said well why do you say that please forgive me ladies and he said she never had anything to wear and she was always up in the air and harping about that all right. Another person said, my children are like angels, only their halos are held up by two little horns that are on the back of their heads. And we laugh at all of these stories that are told and how that we, we, we humor one another with these, with these analogies of what we believe angels are. But the fact is, angels really do exist. There are angels that are very real according to the Word of God. An old minister stayed up late into the evening one night, and he was working on his message for Sunday morning. The congregation he pastored was a very small congregation, and his wife came to him there in that late uh, night to the wee hours of the morning, and uh, they, she chided him by saying, Why do you spend so much time on this message that so few people will be there to be able to appreciate? And he looked back at her and he said, You forget my dear wife. 
I am a minister of God. And if there are angels there in that place looking on, then nothing done for the Lord Jesus Christ is trivial or is too much. What this man understood was that the Bible is true. And as we gather together, he understood that there are the angels of God that gather in that place with us looking at what you and I are doing in that worship service. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 and verse 2 that we better be careful not to, to forget to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. In 1 Corinthians 4 and 9, the Bible says that we have been made a spectacle to angels, or in other words, they look on at us to be able to see amen the salvation that God has placed in our hearts if it's really right if it's really good and we are made a spectacle to those angels that are out there and then in first Peter 1 and 12 the Bible says the angels of God they desire to look into the gospel with the Holy Ghost that was sent down unto you. And so what these passages of scriptures are saying is that when we gather together, not only are you here, not only am I here, not only are others that are here to worship the Lord, but God is in this place, but also the angels of God come into that place where we are at. You say, well, I don't see any angels here. It doesn't matter if you see the angels of God or not. The Bible says the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear the Almighty God. Did you know that there are angels that are dispatched to be able to do the bidding of the Almighty God? It could be that that wreck that you were almost in this last week, or maybe that wreck that you were in this last week, and uh, you came out of that wreck without a scratch on your body, uh, amen, only a little bit of fear down inside of your heart. It could be that God had sent and dispatched an angel to where you were at uh, to be able to cause you to not be harmed in the midst of that car accident. Somebody say, well, I don't believe in all of that nonsense. I believe it because the Word of God says, it is absolutely true. Amen. And so when we gather together for church service and when we gather together for prayer or for praise, we need to remember that we are not alone. I pray when we gather in the services that the Lord would give unto us a, a, a move of His Spirit that would attract the attention of the angels of God. Remember now, we've got a little bit of competition. You say, what do you mean competition? The angels of God were there present at the time of creation. They saw Almighty God as He hurled the solar system into existence, as He hung the Milky Way, and as He hung the galaxies that were there, out there in the outer space. They saw God as He said, let there be light, and there was light. They saw God as He caused the earth to produce and to bring forth after its own kind. When they heard the Word of God, they saw the response of that Word of God bring forth abundantly inside of this earth. But none of these things are mentioned in the Word of God as to arouse the curiosity of the angels. However, when Christ came down to this earth and He died on the cross of Calvary, He was the Creator, amen, that was there in that place called heaven. For the Bible says in John chapter 1 that the Word that was there in the beginning that said, let there be light, and there was light, it became flesh and dwelt among us. 
that aroused the curiosity of the angels, my friend. So much so that whenever Christ went to that cross and he died for the sins of mankind and he rose from the dead that third day, he sent back the promise of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost when it came inside of the hearts and the lives of men and women, the angels of God stepped back and they said, whoa, I've got to take a look at what this is all about. If God cared enough to come off of his throne and to robe himself in flesh and to die at the hands of his creation and to raise again from the dead that third day and to send his spirit inside of their hearts, something tells me that it's worth looking into. And you know what? I happen to believe with the angels that it's the right thing. Amen. Anybody else here believe that today? Do you know that when we gather in that place called heaven, the angels of God are going to be there. And when we go marching in, as that song says, when the saints go marching in, what a procession that is going to be. But when we arrive there, it will be there in the presence of the holy angels of God that the angels will have to shut their mouth and the church of God, the redeemed, the men and the women that have been born again from above, they've been baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. They've been filled with the power of God's Spirit. They will begin to open their mouth and begin to sing a song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. The angels of God will have to fold their wings, my friend. They'll have to bow their heads. You know why? Because they've never been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. They don't know what it's like to be lost and to be found. They don't know what it's like to be destined to a place called hell and have the Lord reach way down for them and pull them up and say, I'll give you a reason to live. I'll give you a new destination. I'm here to tell you that when Christ came, amen, he gave unto human beings that the angels will never experience. That's the power of the Holy Ghost and salvation. And they're curious about that. The question that comes today, again, uh, who are these angels? Where do they come from? What is their purpose? And do they still exist? And the answers are, again, found in the Word of God. You know what our problem today is? We believe in stories like Touched by an Angel that Hollywood produces, and it has all kinds of nonsense that people believe about angels. Now, I'm not necessarily opposed to, to stories about angels and books written about angels or anything like that, but we have better realized that Hollywood is not the final authority and the authors of these books like been embraced by the light and some of these other books that are out there they are not the final authority when it comes to angels but I'll tell you what is the final authority it's this book I'm holding in my hand called the Bible it is the final authority Somebody said, how do you know you can believe the Bible? I'll tell you how you can know you believe, can believe the Bible. Because it is the Word of the Almighty God. And the Word of the Almighty God has proved, amen, throughout the centuries that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word shall not pass away. And if there's one thing that you can understand today, that is this. When everybody else's Word cannot be stood upon, you can take this book called the Bible. You can stand on it. You can embrace it, amen, and you will never be wrong because the Word of God is absolutely right. Somebody say amen. Who are these angels then? Let's look into the Word of God. They are the created beings of God. 
Our text this morning in Hebrews chapter 1, it declares that uh, he maketh his angels spirits. Uh, these are not human beings like you and I are. Uh, they are spirit beings. Somebody said, can they take on the form of a human being? Absolutely, because in the word of God, there were various times where angels took on the form of human beings. Uh, now, I, I, I'm not here to say that maybe an angel cannot take on the form uh, of a woman. I'm, I'm not here to uh, say that at all. However, in the Word of God, I do not find anywhere where an angel took on the shape or the form of a female in the Word of God. You say, can God not do that? God can do anything He wants to do. Amen? But all I see in the Word of God is that when there were angels that manifested themselves, they were spoken about in masculine gender. You remember there were angels that came and they escorted Lot and uh, his uh, daughters out of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so these angels, though they are spirit beings, they can at times make themselves visible to the eye of you and, uh, you and myself, to the eyes of human beings. Their purpose is this, that they would do the bidding of the Almighty God. Their purpose is to do what God would want them to do. Nowhere in the word of the Lord will you find that man has the power to be able to command angels. I know there are many today that would say, I have the power to command that angel. You don't have the power to command an ant. You have a hard time commanding your kids, and you're going to talk about commanding angels? Look at the one and say, he's talking about you. You can't even tell your husband what to do. You can't even tell your wife what to do. If you're married, you know what I'm saying is all right. Amen. But the Bible says God has the power to command those angels. You and I can pray to God, and it's God that dispatches those angels because they don't work for you and I. They work for the Almighty God. They work for the Almighty God, and He'll tell them what to do. How do they do the bidding of the Lord? By worshiping the Lord, by service and glory to Almighty God. There are over 104 appearances of angels in the Word of God. The Greek word for angel is taken from the word angelos. It means simply a divine messenger, whether of God and or the fallen angels, the demon spirits uh, that are out there as well. In the Bible, you'll find that there are two categories or two classes of angels. The one is an angel of God, the angels of light. And the other category, the other class of angelic beings uh, are angels of darkness or what we would refer to as fallen angels or demon spirits that are out there. It's amazing to me that people believe in angels, but they're the same people that say, yes, I believe in angels. Uh, they don't believe in devils. Folks, I've seen a whole lot more devils in my time than I have angels. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Somebody said, have you ever seen an angel? I said, no, but I believe I've seen a few devils in my time. Is there anybody else that uh, can say that same thing? But the Bible declares there are two classes of angels. There are the angels of God, the angels of uh, light, and the angels of darkness, and the fallen angels that are there. 2 Corinthians 11 and 14. The Bible says, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. And what that tells us here is that Satan has the ability and the power to be able to deceive men and women that are out there. How does he do it? Put that back up, if you would, just for a moment. He does that by portraying himself as an angel of light. And we'll see in just a few moments what his name originally actually meant. The devil will cause men and women to believe, if it's possible, that right is wrong and wrong is right. 
As a matter of fact, one of the signs of the end times would be a, a miscalculation in judgment of the men and women. You say, what do you mean by that? Men and women will begin to believe that right is actually wrong and wrong is actually right. The Bible says that they would call evil good and good evil. Is that not happening in our society today? We look at our society and the morals of men and women have gone down the tubes compared to what it used to be several years ago in the early days of the founding of this nation. And the reason being that we accept some things today and we reject other things that should be accepted is because there is a spirit of darkness. There are demon spirits, the devil himself, that is at the helm and leading a battle that is a losing battle against Almighty God. You say, how do you know it's losing? Because I read the back of this book called the Bible and I find that the devil is put in his place at the end and cast into the lake of fire. And so the devil is a defeated foe. You see, it's like this. God has already defeated the devil long time ago. He whipped the devil even before he went to the cross of Calvary. And the reason why I say that is because Jesus Christ, the Bible said, was the Lamb of God that was slain from before the foundation of the world. What that declares to me is that God looked ahead in time. He knew exactly what he would do. He knew that there was going to be a fallen angel that would become the devil and that he would go to the cross and he would whip that devil there on the cross. You see, it's like this. How many remember when the... Uh, sorry for those of you that are from Wisconsin. How many of those of you who are here today remember the Super Bowl champions when the Chicago Bears won the Super Bowl championship? Anybody remember that? All right. I know you're a Packer fan too, right? Okay, sorry. That's all right, though. That's all right. <laughs> you can love the Packers and still go to heaven. <laughs> Amen. Now, now, the Bears won that Super Bowl fair and square. Well, or whatever. They won it, okay? And you're never going to take that away from them. Now, we could come back and we could do an instant replay. This morning, we could put that up uh, like some churches do. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, they put the football game uh, up on that screen on Sunday mornings to say, why, uh, is there anything wrong with that? Yeah, why should we get excited about a football going up on the, down the field uh, when we can get excited about our Savior raising up from the dead? I'm not going to trade one for the other, Amen. But we could put that up on the screen today and as tense as the moments might seem and as many fumbles as, uh, as uh, that quarterback made and, and as many uh, bobbles as, uh, amen, the, 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 uh, uh, the other men would make, amen, the outcome of the game is still going to be the same. You know why? Because it's already been settled. We already know that they win the game. You know what? That's the same way it is with the devil. The Lord has said, I already wrote the ending of this thing. I've already played out the video. And you can get tense and excited if you want. Amen. But the fact of the matter is, if you're a child of God, amen, at the end of this thing, you are going to come out as the winner and the devil is going to be the loser. Somebody say amen. <laughs> And so when we look into the Word of God, I want to I focus just for the next few moments on that one individual that, uh, that became the, the, uh, the leader of the fallen angels. His name was Lucifer. Lucifer was created by Almighty God. He was made by God. He is not equal to God. He was lesser than God. As a matter of fact, he was only equal, equal with the angels that were there. That's it. And the Bible says that his name simply means light bearer or the illuminated one, the morning star. Ezekiel chapter 28, read that sometime when you get an opportunity. 
and you'll find that there is a description of what I feel is, uh, is the, uh, uh, the illuminated one or Lucifer there. It refers to him as the king of Tyre. And the devil thinks he's a mighty king, but he's not a king at all. Amen. He is uh, just thinking that he's a king. But when God created the devil or he created Lucifer, uh, the Bible said he was full of wisdom. He was perfect in beauty. He was a beautiful creature to be able to look upon him. The Bible says he was in the garden of Eden there with Adam and Eve. That's how he deceived Adam and Eve. And every precious stone was his covering. The Bible says that he was the anointed cherub. He was the anointed cherub of God. He had the anointing of God that was resting upon him. Every precious stone, the Bible says, was his covering. He was a musical creature. And by the way, today, the reason why many churches have problems in their music department, somebody said one time, amen, that when the devil got thrown out of heaven, he landed in the choir, loft, and in the music department of the church, and they've been having trouble there ever since. Now, I don't know that I believe that, amen, but you see, that's one of the reasons why music is so powerful, because Satan, or Lucifer, he was a musical creature. He was in charge of the worship there in that place called heaven. He was in charge of the music and the worship that was there. And if there was ever a place that the church is going to have problems, it's probably going to be in the music or in the singing department. You know why? Because the devil does not want that church lifting up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He does not want them people to have the power of God. Amen. Moving in that place. And if he can cause division in those areas, he's going to do his best to do it. But I've got news for the devil. He doesn't have any authority on the church of the living God. He's a defeated foe amen and so the Bible says in verse 15 that he was perfect in his ways from the day that he was created till iniquity was found in him Isaiah 14 write that down or put it in your mind and the Bible uh, go back and read it a little bit later there are here what is called the five I wills of Satan Satan began to exalt himself bigger than what he should have been listen to what he said I will ascend up into heaven I will exalt my throne I will sit upon the mount. I will ascend above the stars of heaven. I will be like the Most High. And so what Lucifer was desiring was to be equal with Almighty God. It sounds a whole lot like humanity today. Don't tell me what to do. I don't care what that Bible says. Oh, who is God? Nobody tells me what to do. One of these days, sir... One of these days, ma'am, you're going to realize that somebody is going to tell you what to do. And in that day, you're not going to want to hear it because the Bible says the Lord is going to say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. We are going to listen to God one way or the other. You're either going to listen to him right now and yield yourself to him. Or on the other side, when there is no opportunity to get right with God, you will listen to him and be cast into the lake of fire. I feel like there's a whole lot of men and women that have made up their mind. I'm going to listen to you right now, Lord. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'm going to agree and my answer is going to be yes. And so the Bible says that because of this and the pride that was there in his heart, that the Lord cast Lucifer from that place, that exalted place that he was at in heaven. In Luke 10 and 18, Jesus said, I saw it when it happened. He said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. When this happened, he became known as Satan or the deceiver, the devil. His purpose now was to go throughout the world and to oppose God and the people of God and everything 
and they would stand for. He is not <clears throat> that two-horned and that red-costumed individual with a pitchfork that the world paints him as for us. Amen. But he is the image of beauty still. He is the personification, uh, amen, of beauty, only he is ugly and evil, amen, to the very core of his existence. The Bible tells us, uh, amen, that, that he goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Amen. And men and women that do not realize that he does not have authority over them. There are men and women who are a part of the church of God that do not understand the privilege that they have in the body of Christ. He continues to run them around. I believe that it's time, far time, amen, that the, we as the people of God realize that when we become a man or a woman of God, when we are baptized in water in Jesus' name, and we are filled with the power of God's Spirit. God has given you and I authority through His name, through His Spirit. Amen. And the devil has no authority whatsoever upon us. Somebody say amen. And do you know what the devil is doing today? He is making evil appear good. He is causing that which is good to appear as though it's evil. He is influencing the immorality of men and women today. He's behind every abortion that is done at the abortion clinic. He is there assisting doctors, amen, that are there performing those abortions every single day. He walks with that young lady as she goes into that abortion clinic and she makes the tragic choice of ending the life of a child. Somebody said only 50% of the, of the women or the people that walk into an abortion clinic walk out. And they said, really that much? Is the mortality rate that great? It might even be more than that. Yes, you see, two people walk in, the mama and the baby, and only one person walks out. The devil is there, I believe, somewhere in the Middle East, and he's stirring up trouble in Iraq and in Iran. He's making the Arabs hate the Jews, and the Jews hate the Arabs. The devil is at work in churches today, causing this side to hate that side. He's at work in America today, causing the whites to hate the blacks and the blacks to hate the whites and the south to hate the north and the north to hate the south the west siders they're against the east siders we are needing to recognize and understand where the devil is at work today and he'll work in every area that men and women would allow him to the devil is behind and the cause of every breakup in every home every divorce you can find the devil as the root cause of that divorce that is there I think it's time that we put the blame back where it belongs and understand there is a spiritual battle that is raging. Amen. And then we need to rise up and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are not going to allow the devil to have any control on us. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 68 and 1, let God arise and the enemies of God be scattered. In Psalms 24 and 7, it says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. I want to, at the end of this message now, I want to compare to you and share with you why Jesus Christ is better than any angels. And specifically, he's better than this fallen angel called Lucifer. Are you ready? Number one, the Bible calls Satan the adversary. In 1 Peter 5 and 8, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, goeth about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In John 10 and 10, the Bible says that the thief cometh not, 
but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You see, the enemy of your soul, the devil, the adversary, Satan, he is out there to try and destroy you now, your family, and later he wants you to go to hell with him. If you go to hell, if I go to hell, we go there out of the will of God. For the Bible says that, 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 the, that hell and the lake of fire was created for the devil and his angels. Now as much as the devil is an adversary, we have on the other side of that a promise in the word of God that says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. In James 4 and 7, the Bible says that the way that we, that we are able to whip the devil is this. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Our problem today, Brother McKay, is, is that we don't submit ourselves to God. We try to resist the devil, and the devil just stands there just slapping the daylights out of us. And he just keeps backing us up. If you don't submit yourself to God, there's no way you can resist the devil. We have got to get it right. It's just not resisting the devil. It is submitting ourselves to God. And once I get under the banner of God's righteousness, then I can resist the devil. And then the Bible says he will run as fast as he can from me. Look at the one next to you and say, have you chased the devil today? Our problem is we get up in the morning and we say, oh God, I hope the devil doesn't follow me today. I hope the devil doesn't chase me today. I hope I don't have problems with the devil today. You know what? The wrong one is praying. You need to rise up in the name of Jesus and say, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. You need to get up and say, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And he's given me power to tread upon the devil and all the imps that are out there. The wrong one is cared. When you get up in the morning, the devil needs to begin to shake and tremble and say, Oh God, let them sleep a little longer so I can have some rest. Because I know if they get up, they're going to be chasing me all over this place today. We need to rise up in Jesus' name and take our place in God. A second thing that the devil is called, not only the adversary, amen, but he's also called the slanderer. The word devil, it means slanderer, amen, and it means the opposer of God, the adversary. The Bible tells us that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Revelation 12 and 10. You ever seen anybody accuse somebody and they have no idea what they're saying? You ever have anybody accuse you of something and they didn't know what they were saying at all? They had no concept, oh, I know what I'm saying, yeah, right. They had no grounds for what they were saying. They were just accusing. They were just accusing. Or maybe they did have grounds for what they were saying. And they were saying, you dirty, good for nothing, low down and whatever, all right? Don't fill in the blanks with bad words, but whatever. And they're saying all that about you. One thing you can know about that individual, they are doing the bidding of the devil. Ladies, when you get up and you chew on your husband and you call him every name in the book, you are doing the bidding of the devil. Oh, it's getting quiet in here now. It's all right to talk about angels, but don't you dare talk about where we're living at. Gentlemen, when you get up and you begin to chew on your wife and you talk down to her and you talk bad to her and you call her every name in the book, you are doing the bidding of the devil. I've come to tell you, the devil don't need any help. We need to oppose him, amen? The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. 
It is he that brings us before God. And he says, look what they did. Look how they acted. Look at what they said. And many times, most of the times, he's right. He's taken me before God and said, look what Wendell did. Look at what Wendell said. Look at how Wendell acted. But I read in the Gospels, Brother Rutherford, where the Bible said that if they bring you to the law and they bring you to the judge, he said, agree with your adversary quickly. Amen. And what happens then is when I say, yes, he's right. I did do wrong, but Lord, forgive me. That takes the weapon of judgment and condemnation out of the hand of the devil. And I can stand up and say, I've been freed and forgiven by the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is better than the devil. Amen. He is better than that angel called Lucifer. And while the devil will slander you, the Bible says that Jesus rises up in 1 John 2 and 1 as the advocate. He said, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. You know what that means? The word advocate is an old word, which means a, a lawyer. And when the devil begins to talk bad about you, uh, Jesus stands up and say, wait a minute, I've forgiven him of that. I've forgiven her of that. Devil, you talk all you want. I've got a lawyer that's better than a Philadelphia lawyer. His name is Jesus. The Bible calls the devil Beelzebub. He is the prince of demons. But you know what? He might have a little kingdom that is there. But the Bible calls Jesus Christ the prince of peace and the king of kings in Isaiah 9 and 6. The Bible calls the devil Belial or the low one. He brings men and women to a low estate. That's why you see those that are out there in the world. They are wrapped up in drugs and alcohol. They can't get by from day to day unless they take one more hit unless they take one more drag, unless they take one more shot, the devil will bring them so low. Amen. And then people will stomp on them and say, look at how bad that individual is. But when they get so low, amen, that they can't feel like they can go any farther down and they look to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's them that the Lord will lift them up. It's them that the Lord will reach down to where they're at. Hey, I remember the word of God. Amen. That says that the Lord is reaching for the sinners. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is in the lifting business. The old song says, when my Savior reached down for me, when he reached way down for me, I was lost and undone without God or his Son, but still he reached down his hand for me. Isaiah said, I saw him as the Lord high and lifted up. You see, he didn't have to reach down and get me. He didn't have to reach down and get you. But he said, I choose you. We've had the privilege of adopting two beautiful girls. They've been with us four and a half, almost five years now. And I thought of this the other day. The Bible tells us that we are sons of the adoption. We are adopted spoke to my girls one day and I said, you know what? Don't ever feel badly because you are adopted. I said, you know what? I said, we had to take our other kids. We had to take what we got. Anthony, sorry. <laughs> but I'm glad. I'm glad. All right. But we chose you. You know, the Lord didn't have to take us. I remember being in school. 
wanting to play sports, went out for the baseball team, and, and for the life of me, why, some of you guys that, that maybe are coaches of baseball or whatever, why, why for the first two months do you, don't, do you not even get a ball in your hand or a glove on your hand, but they make you run? I hated running. So here we were, I thought to myself, I didn't go out for track, I went out for baseball. So here we are running around, Wendell. My friend was trying to, I was the last guy coming in, as athletic as I was. My friend was there, Steve, he says, uh, Maynard has a bad leg. The coach trying to soften the blow in front of everybody else, looked at all the other guys and he says, looks to me like Maynard has two bad legs. Needless to say, I didn't make the team. <laughs> I know what it's like to be picked last. But you know what? I also know what it's like to be picked first. And the Lord said, I choose you. Even when you didn't choose yourself, the Lord says, I choose you. The Bible calls the devil the, the old serpent, the crafty one. And I close with this. He does his best to slither and slide around and try to get his ideas in our minds. But the prophecy said in Genesis 3 that Jesus Christ would come forth and he would bruise the head of the serpent. What that means is he would strike a death blow to the devil once and for all. Jesus Christ did that. He is better and above all the angels, including this fallen angel. And I know I've been saying all this time about what's going to happen to the devil. Let me prove it to you. Put up Revelation chapter 20. Let me read it to you. John said, and I saw an angel come down from heaven. The Lord didn't dirty his hands. But the Lord said, I'm going to send an angel, a, an equal to Lucifer, to put him in his place. And he said, he had a key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and bound him a thousand years. Verse 7, the Bible says, When the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And then the Bible says in verse 10, the final showdown. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Are there angels? Yes, there are. Are there demon spirits? Yes, there are. But there is one who is ruler of them all, and his name is Jesus Christ. Now the question to us this morning is, do I know him? Have I asked him to draw me nearer? Have I been that gospel road? Have I knelt at the cross so that Christ could meet me there? Have I been buried with him in the wonderful water of baptism? 
Am I now abiding in that place of dominion and authority that Christ has given unto me? If not, why not? Because you can. Would you stand with me? Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw 